It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. Delighted that you're spending a little of your weekend with me. I'm really excited to present this interview from 2002 with Billie Jean King. That's right, my brother Tom Gardner and I interviewed Billie Jean King 16 years ago. As a regular listener, which I bet you are, you probably know that we featured a quote from her, a clip or two, on our last podcast. It was Blast from the Radio Pass, Volume 2. That's what we did this week, and we had some great quotes from Bob Geldof, Billie Jean King, Howard Schultz, former CEO of Starbucks, etc. But we wanted to pull out the full Billie Jean King interview, dust it off a little bit, and represent it, because I think it's really fun now, 16 years later, to listen in to her perspective and how the world was back then, and her, of course, reflecting Mac Greer, my friend who's joining me at the mic, reflecting on the world well before that. So, this 2002 interview, she's talking some about how women couldn't even get credit cards on their own in the early 70s, for instance, when she was playing tennis against Bobby Riggs. Mac, I wanted to ask you a couple questions before we run this interview. Sure. How did this come together? Well, well, back then this was this was leading up into Wimbledon, and so we always try to make the interview somewhat topical, somewhat relevant to what's going on. And if you're a fan of Wimbledon history, then you know how dominant Billie Jean King was. She won 20 Wimbledon titles, so that includes singles and doubles. I did not know that. Pretty or impressive. Remember that that is incredible. 20. That's a, it's a big number. She won 71 singles titles overall in her career, but. That's not even really, I think, the most noteworthy part of Billie Jean King's legacy. Her legacy is so much bigger, of course, than tennis. And it and it really transcends what happened on the tennis court. So much so that Life magazine named her one of the 100 most important Americans of the 20th century. Mm. So she really cast, you know, just, just had incredible influence on what was happening socially, what was happening um, in the world. Now, I think you've done a great job kind of spotting up why we did this and why we're proud looking back and I'm psyched to air this but for our listeners who are about to experience this interview Mac was the interview good like is this worthy material did Tom bring it um it, it, or or is it kind of disappointing are we about to kind of be let down like a great intro about a, an amazing american and yet maybe the gardner brothers kind of kind of didn't bring their a game i don't know i'm going to i'm going to answer that in two different ways i'm going to tell you that i love this interview but ultimately it's for the listeners to decide whether it's good or not. I mean, I, I hate the expression, here's a funny joke, right? Because that's not that's not for me to decide whether it's funny or not. Very nice. So, no. I absolutely love this interview. And, and Mac, do you appear at any point? Is your name used at any point during the interview we're about to hear? Well, it's funny that you would ask. I do appear. <laughs> so shameless. I do appear when we ask her about Wimbledon, because I grew up in Houston, and um our entire family loaded up into the car, 1973, and went to the Astrodome to watch what was known as the Battle of the Sexes. Bobby Riggs, tennis player and the ultimate hustler, playing Billie Jean King. Male chauvinist pig. Male chauvinist pig. They're playing it up. They're having fun with it, but That's it right. was serious, too, in, right? In fact, I remember at the beginning of the match, before the match started, um, I think she presented him with a little pig, maybe wrapped in a bow or something, but it was like an actual pig. And I think some of the nuance was lost on me as an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> but who was in attendance. It's kind of great that little Mac Greer was there. 
Yeah, I'm not saying who I. Well, you're going to find out who I rooted for, and and I'm a bit embarrassed. No spoilers. No spoilers. All right. Without further ado, let's take you back to 2002, the Motley Fool brush with Billie Jean King. While soccer fans the world over are glued to the World Cup, there is another time-honored sporting tradition going on, and that's Wimbledon. And you can't talk Wimbledon, and you can't talk tennis without talking about our next guest. Billie Jean King won a record 20 Wimbledon titles. Think about that for a second. 20 Wimbledon titles, and she won 71 singles titles over the course of her career. Many of us remember her as well for her victory against Bobby Riggs in the 1973 Battle of the Sexes. Her accomplishments on and off the court explain why Life magazine named her one of the 100 most important Americans of the 20th century. Today, Billie Jean King's many titles include co-founder and majority owner of the World Team Tennis League. And Tom, our audio is less than ideal here, but we need to state up front that we don't think it has anything to do with WorldCom's problems. And we never pass up a chance to talk to a tennis legend calling in from Wimbledon, England. Billie Jean King, welcome to the Motley Fool Radio Show. Hey, thanks a lot, Tom and Dave. It's good to talk to you. We wanted to start by asking you about something that you're currently the majority owner of, the World Team Tennis Pro League, which includes players like Andre Agassi, Lindsay Davenport. Is it a good business to be in, or do you think of it as more of a passion? I think of it as both. Um, I like putting money back into what made my life, and tennis mm-hmm. has been great to me. And obviously, I love team sports. I grew up in a a family of team sports. My younger brother, Randy Moffitt, was a professional baseball player with the, most of his uh, career with the San Francisco Giants as mm-hmm. a, a relief pitcher, a righty. And um, so growing up around sports, I always grew up around team sports, and I always wanted to help make uh, tennis a team sport. And I always like co-ed events best. So we have two men and two women on each team. And my dream is for someday that the world team tennis format um, is in the Olympics, mm-hmm. is our team sport. Mm-hmm for tennis. Billie Jean, you were the first woman to win more than $100,000 in a single season in any sport. Today's players competing for prize money that's usually a little bit north of 100000 just for <laughs> just for one tournament. So uh, I guess my question is, does Billie Jean King ever wish she were born just a few years later? Uh, as far as, yes, I would love to be a player today. Mm-hmm. I, I have the right personality for it. I love it. I love to promote our sport. I love grassroots tennis. Um, I love coaching. I love uh, all parts of the sport. Plus, as you know, I love the business side. Mm-hmm. Today, if I were around, I would be in uh, hog heaven, but I also I get a lot of gratification on what we all did uh, to change the landscape and climate of our sport. When you look at, at, at tennis today, what are the biggest differences between the business of women's tennis and the business of men's tennis? Men still get a lot more opportunity. It's still... Um, a big part of the old boy network. Um, they have many more companies they can go to and, and get money. Uh, they can have a huge turnover of sponsorship and still survive, I think, a lot better than the women. Uh, but the women's ratings are better, at least at home. Okay, let's talk about an event that's forever etched in many of our memories, your victory over Bobby Riggs in the 1973 Battle of the Sexes at the Houston Astronome. When you describe that event to someone born after 1973, <laughs> what, what do you say to them? I try to set the scene for them. I try to tell them that Watergate was heating up, that it was the height of the women's movement. Uh, in 1973, women could not get a credit card mm. without her husband or father or a male signing off on it. So uh, uh-huh. I think that puts it pretty much in perspective because I think 
most young people today cannot imagine a boy or girl without a credit card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we were um, actually we were talking to our producer Matt Greer earlier. He was nine at the time, and he actually went to your match with his entire family. And Mac was saying that he 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 was admitting to rooting for Bobby Riggs, but says that he was under duress from the men in his family. He wanted us to pass along his sincere apology some twenty nine <laughs> years later. No, I, but it's, it's interesting because uh, that's very typical. Because Mac is what I call the first generation of men of the of the women's movement. And his generation, Max's generation, they're in the late 30s or 40s now, yep. are the first generation of men of the women's movement, and they're the first generation of men that insist that their daughters and sons have equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that match was very significant in that it symbolized exactly what was transpiring, and it was so visual and impactful, because I, I have people every single day since that match come up to me and and the men, if they're in their 30s and 40s, tell me how that changed their lives. And now that they have daughters, or if they have both daughters and sons, tell me they have a very different feel about how they want mm. their daughters to be treated because of seeing that match. Yep. What, we, a, what a great memory. When we talk gender equality in and out of sports, how much do you think things have changed since 1973? Well, I can tell you. In 73, women got 59 cents on the dollar. We're getting 74 cents on the dollar. Hmm. In the area of finance and business, we are at 68 cents on the dollar, and that's where the power, opportunity, and choice comes for is when you have money. Money equals opportunity. There's no question. Women of color today are making 59 cents, just like the Caucasian women were making in 1973. So they're hmm. 30 years behind right now, the women of color. So we have a long way to go, and it's really in the area of business. Um, the, old, the old boy network is still very strong and very true. You just look at... Uh, the stock exchange and how many men and women are in there. You look at all these areas, and it's still very much run by men. If, if we look back on your on your career, what would you highlight as your smartest and your dumbest investment? <laughs> dumbest investments are the dot coms, but I knew it was a dumb investment, and I didn't care. I was I, I like uh, entrepreneurial people. Mm-hmm. I like people who take risk. Uh, I know that's where I take my fun money, and I put it in, and if it if I get lucky, one out of a hundred, great. If I don't, uh, so be it. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, if I can hit a couple singles and maybe one home run in a lifetime, great. But my smartest one, as far as and the most fun, has been my world team tennis. You know, my putting money back into our business mm-hmm. uh, has been the right thing to do. That's and great. I want to put money back into tennis because it's been so good to me. You're someone who loves games, and you're someone who loves sports, and so. We close with our own game. We call it Buy, Sell, or Hold. We ask you to take, we're going to present you with a theme, a person, something going on in society, and we ask you, if it were a stock, would you be buying, selling, or holding now in one sentence as to why? Are you ready to play? I'm playing. Okay. Buy, Sell, or Hold, John McEnroe's new autobiography, You Can't Be Serious. Oh, you got to buy it. And do you think Tatum O'Neill is? Oh, Tatum just helped him buy, uh, sell books because uh, she got on 2020 and... <laughs> Started trashing him a little, I think, and uh, mm-hmm. inappropriately. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the irony of the whole thing is probably going to sell more books for for John McEnroe. I think that's mm-hmm. probably true. Now we can hear the Wimbledon cheers behind you, so that's appropriate for me to ask you the next one: buy, sell, or hold the likelihood of a Billie Jean King comeback. <laughs> Come on now. Baby, hold, hold. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's at least a hold. And finally, many people may not know that Elton John wrote this song for you. Buy, sell, or hold the song Philadelphia Freedom. Oh, baby. 
baby. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Billie Jean King, thanks for joining us on the Motley Fool Radio Show. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much, Tom and Dave. Philadelphia Freedom. Shine on me. So- I love you. Shine the light. Truly, through the eyes of the one left behind. That is amazing. Yes, such a great song. Such a, I mean, top five, maybe top three Elton Johnson. Great song. I mean, I don't want to start a fight here, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's way, way up there. You know, and, and, and she, speaking of shining lights, when, when I reflect back on that interview, she is just incredibly gracious. And what I love, one of the many things that I love about Billie Jean King is that sense that you get that she's paying it forward when she talks about starting a tennis league. Just throughout everything she says, you just get the sense that she really wants to pay it forward. She understands kind of the, the, the influence she has. She understands um, what she can do for other people. And she's always been just much bigger than the game of tennis. Awesome. Well, well, let's leave it right there, Mac. Thank you very much for that great booking, for setting us up with some fun questions we got to ask her, and of course, for the work of this past week with Blast from the Radio Past, Volume 2. I love doing it. I think Tom does, too. I know you do, because you you love and have deep knowledge of our deep vault of audio gold, so it was a pleasure to show that off once again this week. Well, David, in, in kind of light of the Billie Jean King interview, I think it's appropriate to say that I love to serve. Well played, sir. Well played. Advantage Greer. All right. So, coming up next week on the show, we will have, of course, your mailbag. It is the final Wednesday of this month. So, RBI mailbag headed your way. Have a great weekend. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rulebreaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.